I want you just to imagine with me for a moment, what, what would a truly Holy Spirit-filled church look like? Just imagine it in your, in your minds. What, what is it that comes to mind straight away? If, if, it might be nothing comes to mind, but, but, but as you kind of imagine, what, what does a Spirit-filled church look like? What's going on? What's happening? What does it feel like? Is it the, the beauty or the enthusiasm or the, the style of singing? Is it what's said at the front, feeling particularly powerful or, or prophetic? Is it to do with prayer? Is it to do with there being a time of ministry? Is it stories and seeing people being healed? Or people sharing particular words or pictures from God or... That's speaking in tongues. Is it something about what happens at communion? Is it how the service leaves you feeling? Is it that sense of people being mobilized into action to serve? I suspect a Holy Spirit filled uh, church will include lots of, some of, all of those things. After all, even in those words we just heard Russ Read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We, we hear Paul talk about particular gifts, messages of wisdom and knowledge, healing, prophecy, tongues. Uh, that's, that's there, isn't it? And, and God doesn't want us, along with the church in Corinth, to be uninformed. And what that means is, what comes to mind for most of us straight away when we think about what a spirit-filled church looks like might not be what's most important. And these opening uh, words in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think, just set us some really healthy foundations uh, to build on. As in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11, Paul gives us two, I think, two main marks of the Holy Spirit in the life of a local church. The first mark is it's a church made up of lives with Jesus as Lord. And the second mark is where gifts of the Holy Spirit are used to serve others. So the first mark is, is lives with Jesus as Lord. How do, you, how do you know if the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of a local church? Well, when it's made up of people whose lips and lives declare that Jesus is Lord. Paul, Paul reminds the Corinthians of their own experience. In verse 2, he says, You know... That when you were pagans, when you weren't Christians, when you weren't following Jesus, somehow or other, you were influenced, you were led astray uh, to mute, to dumb idols. Before faith in Christ, their lives were, were shaped around the worship of false gods. Gods who, who promised much, demanded even more, yet said and did nothing. And left them empty. And can I suggest that is the experience for all of us or for any person without Jesus. The evidence of the Holy Spirit being at work comes, verse 3, no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God can say Jesus be cursed. No one uh, can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, I think this is more than just saying particular words as if they're magic phrases. That if anybody just says Jesus is Lord, well, that's the Holy Spirit at work. Or if we accidentally say Jesus is cursed, oh, turns out we, we, we don't have the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's got to be more than that, hasn't it? What does a spirit-filled Christian look like? Well, it looks like a life that is all about Jesus. It's centered on him. 
It's rooted in him. It's where Jesus takes first place in our lives, where Jesus shapes every single part of our lives. There's no locked rooms. There's no uh, signs saying off limits. It's lives where Jesus is prized above everything. That's what it means to uh, declare Jesus is Lord. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who opens our eyes and hearts to Jesus, to know him, to know his death and resurrection for us, to know the forgiveness of our sins, to know salvation. It's the Holy Spirit who does the work of shaping us to be more like Jesus, to move away from sin, to grow and produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit He's the one who makes us unashamed about Jesus and wanting other people to be unashamed about Jesus. Uh, For some of us, our experience might be quite different to the Corinthians. You know, if you're like me, you you maybe were raised in a Christian household. And for me, I can't think of a day in my life when, when I wouldn't have called myself a follower of Jesus. And yet for that to still be true day after day after day is a work of the Holy Spirit. Any life where Jesus is lived as Lord Uh, Where Jesus, yeah, upheld as Lord. That is a work of the Spirit. You see, Jesus doesn't come to offer life hacks to make life easier. Jesus doesn't just come to help us feel better about ourselves. Jesus doesn't come simply to increase our happiness. Jesus doesn't come to be there in case of emergencies. Jesus came to give us life. And he says, life in its fullness. Which is why when we were out running with my friend and he was asking me why I was a vicar, my my response was, well, if he's been raised from the dead, surely it makes sense. If if he's the only one who's been raised from the dead, for me to make my life all about him and to listen to what he has to say about how life is best lived. So if we're here this evening and you're somebody who perhaps has been praying, or is expectant for, or longing for a a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the life of our church, or in your own life, or to have that sense of continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit, know that means, first of all, Jesus' rule coming into every part of our lives, going further and deeper than it ever has before. How do you know the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of a church? Lives that are more and more lived with Jesus as Lord. The second mark that uh, I think Paul gives us in this passage is where gifts are used to serve others. You know the Holy Spirit is at work when when he brings together a bunch of people into the life of a local church who you kind of go, there's no other reason on earth why this bunch of people would be together. And then he equips them with gifts for that life together. A whole variety of gifts for our worshipping and witnessing life. Uh, So we hear in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And I want to say at this point, um, that I'm somebody, he, he does believe the gifts of the spirits, as we read about them in the New Testament, are valid for today. And we should be expecting them and seeing them. Uh, I know not every Christian holds to that. And, and you know, I'm, I've got great respect for Christian brothers and sisters who, who are in that place. But there doesn't seem to be anything around these verses or the other passages in the New Testament that suggest that these gifts were just for the early church. 
In fact, Paul makes the effort to emphasize to the Corinthians that every one of them has a gift. I don't see why he would suddenly be removing that from his church today. Verse 7, it says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for our good as a whole, for each other. They are given for the advantage of the church. Isn't that something we still need today? And so Paul gives some examples of different spiritual gifts or areas of spiritual gifts. And it's, it's worth saying that I think he's just giving examples. This is not Paul kind of going, would you like to see the full menu, sir, madam? It's not the full menu. It's just some examples. His main point here is not to kind of go through every spiritual gift. His main point is to show with this whole variety of gifts, it's the same spirit at work. Some of the list we might be familiar with, some we might be less familiar with, some we might be scratching our heads and going, well, what does that look like for us today? Messages of wisdom and knowledge. It's the ability to, to wisely and knowledgeably speak into different situations. Gift of faith. Having a gift of believing and trusting and praying for God for certain blessings, for certain breakthroughs. Gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, being able to declare the word of God and the promises of God into specific situations. And, and, and Paul goes into a lot more about prophecy in the coming chapters, so, so hold on for a few weeks' time. Distinguishing between spirits, discerning what is genuinely from God and of God, and encouraging it in the life of the church. Speaking and interpreting tongues. Again, it's one of those gifts that Paul goes into more details with. Hold on for a few weeks until we get to 1 Corinthians 14. But when we have a list like that, even if it's just of some examples, it doesn't take us long to do with that list what we might do with a group photo that was taken when we were part of the group. Somebody gets their phone out, or I don't know, shows you a photo from yesteryear, you know, one of those actual old photos that you print out, um, and shows it to you, that group with you in it. What do you look at first? You look at yourself. Good, I'm not the only one. I'm slightly worried it was just going to be me. You look for yourself, don't you? You do. You look for yourself. And so with a list like this, we go, where am I? What's my spiritual gift? And maybe we say, I need to read a book, or I need to fill in a spiritual gift questionnaire. Now, asking the question, what is, what is the gift that I've got, isn't a bad question to be asking, but I think it's not the best question we can be asking. Because if our focus is just on ourselves and the gifts that we have, it doesn't take much for struggles in the life of the church to sort of bubble up and come to the surface. It appears to be happening for the, the, the church in Corinth. They're becoming divided over spiritual gifts. Uh, depending on their gifts, some, some in the church were feeling like second-class citizens. Others, because of their gifts, were getting, beginning to get a bit of a superiority complex. Uh, some people kind of going, well, my gift is this. So I couldn't possibly do that because my gift's this. Paul's absolutely clear in these verses that every single person who belongs to Jesus, who calls Jesus as Lord, in the life of a local church has a gift. It means if you're here tonight as a follower of Jesus, you are one filled with the Holy Spirit, two, the Holy Spirit's given you gift, a gift, many gifts. Why? And so we read verse 11. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. My gifts are going to be different to your gifts. Your gifts are going to be different to mine. And what, that, what else? The Holy Spirit gives us our gifts, not for our own benefit, 
but for the good of everyone in the life of the church. It's for the common good. That's why the second mark of a Holy Spirit-filled church is gifts used to serve others. So instead of asking the question, where am I in that list? What's my spiritual gift? I think there's a better question. How can I best serve my church right now? How can I best serve my church right now? What are the needs at St. Luke's? Do you know what they are? If you don't, I'd I'd love to have a chat with you. I can certainly point you in some directions. And, And with that knowledge, then going, as the person that God has made me and is recreating me to be, with the things that I enjoy and the things that I am good at, with the needs in front of me, knowing my life situation and circumstances, how can I best be involved? How can I best serve? And when can I start? And perhaps it's, it's one of those that, you know, a conversation with my, myself or, or Rob or others in the leadership of the church, that would be helpful. I, I kind of know, I, when I arrived four years ago, I had this great ambition in the sort of first two years to try and get around everybody in the life of the church, sit them down, get to hear their story of how, how they came to, to know Jesus, uh, something about their life, what excites them about Jesus, how they're serving in the life of the church. And I, I got around in the first year, probably about 25% of the church, and then this thing called COVID lockdown happened. And I wasn't allowed to go and see people, and I kind of haven't picked that up. And actually, I feel recently a real sense, I think a prompting from the Holy Spirit, that, that that's not that healthy. And so it might be that I come knocking for a chat. And that's not an inspection at all. It's to, 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 for me to be encouraged by your story, but also maybe to think with you through the ways you're serving, to thank you for and to encourage you. And maybe to help others to start serving for the first time or, or to try serving in, in new ways. Over the coming weeks, we're going to get into some specifics of of particular gifts like speaking in tongues and, and prophecy. But sometimes we're too quick to rush to them because that's what comes to mind when we hear of a Holy Spirit-filled church. This opening, these opening verses of 1 Corinthians 12 set us good foundations to build on, to get the right things in place first, to see that a Holy Spirit-filled church, a, a church that is worshipping and witnessing to Jesus Christ, to that wayward and wounded world, is a church where people are more and more living with Jesus as Lord and are using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given them to serve each other. So I'm going to invite us now for, uh, to, to, to pray. Give us a moment of quiet. And I'm going to lead us uh, in prayer. And then at the end, just give space. Uh, and it's fine if it just remains quiet. But if anybody here wanted to lead us in a, in a short sentence of prayer out loud, you'd be very welcome to. But let's have a moment of quiet. I'll lead us in prayer and then leave some space for anyone else to pray. Breathe upon us, O breath of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with invigorating power. Spirit of Jesus, do in our hearts and midst what only you alone can do. Would you continue to fill us? 
Would you continue to help us to declare with every part of our lives that Jesus Christ is Lord? Would you help us to use the gifts that you have given us for the common good, for our life together, to serve one another? Have some space for you to add your own prayers, whether silently in your hearts or short sentence leading all of us out loud.